You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I dedicate this song to the working man For every man that puts in eight or ten hard hours a day Of working tall and sweat He's always got somebody looking down his neck Trying to get more out of him than he really ought to have to put in It's time again for the annual competition Recognizing the unsung heroes of Vikings training camp now, we proudly present the candidates for Egan is Every Man. Again, we're back again. Uh, once again, this year, we've come up with this novel concept of honoring, uh, not honoring, but forecasting, which somewhat obscure player, not, not someone coming in with a big reputation, or... A later round draft choice, guy off the taxi squad, unsigned free agent, who is going to emerge as maybe not a superstar, but certainly someone that the fans are all talking about when uh, as as the exhibitions and training camps proceed. And this, as we, we we get when we got together and discussed this a couple of weeks ago, something that the Twin Cities needed, yes, to uh, kind of spice up the conversation about. Training camp. This is groundbreaking. Yes, it is. This is groundbreaking. And this is a long-standing tradition of uh, great Vikings analysis in training (laughs) camp. And this is uh, we've never seen anything like this. No, uh, maybe could you play that once again just to give the fans an idea? Everybody a feel of what we're doing here. I dedicate this song to the working man for every man that puts in eight or ten hard hours a day of working tall and sweat. He's always got somebody looking down his neck, trying to get more out of him than he really ought to have to put in. It's time again for the annual competition, recognizing the unsung heroes of Vikings training camp. Now, we proudly present the candidates for Egan is Every Man. Yes, Egan's Every Man, and of course, uh, every time at this year, we, uh, we predict... Uh, by the way, I heard someone suggest... On Twitter, that uh, there was this thing called Mr. Mankato from 1961 to uh, 2017. Even when they were in Bemidji, I had to point out the first five years there was the Bemidji Blaster, <laughs> 61 to 65, and in fact the winner one year was Jim Klobuchar, who wow. was covering for the Minneapolis Tribune. <laughs> that is an because honor. he duked it out with Van Brocklin at Jack's Steakhouse. They, uh, so, so what they were is both this? full of whiskey and fought each other. So what is this, Mr. Mankato? I never heard of thing. it. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. But uh, I don't know the what Egan's. This thing is. Uh, Egan's every man. Uh, hell, we even got songs about it. Wait a minute. I also heard a rumor that uh, our own Joe Sushri was also a recipient of Mr. Mankato when players hurled footballs at him uh, during a practice when he lost the team a draft pick. Is that I think true? He was, uh, no, yeah, but that was during the season. Dang it. That was at Midway Stadium. <laughs> Love that I was there that day. That day, Manny, if you ever Manny, this was when you could bring in a guy in. This was when you could bring a guy in for a one-day tryout, right? And Joe was the beat guy. It had to be 
78, maybe. <laughs> and there was a linebacker, David somebody. I can't remember what his name was. And you could only, you could only bring him in for a one-day tryout, and then you either had to sign him or put him on a taxi squad or some damn thing. And uh, Joe just had a little note in his in his game report the next day's Star Tri- uh, next day's Minneapolis Tribune saying, "Hey, David, whatever his name was, worked out for the second day with the Vikings. Was <laughs> worked out for the second day. The NFL spies saw that they took away. I think it was a third round draft choice. <laughs> Sid was bitter. Wow. Sid was more bitter than Bud that he uh, that he cost him. And a Joe third did round it draft. not having any idea <laughs> oh, that it was going to cost no, the team anything. He was just trying to fill out those little two graphs of." <laughs> Notes you had to do on the bottom of the story. Anyway, anywho's we got Egan's every man, and you got to before they really get into it. The veterans report. You know, today was everybody. Uh, they didn't uh, work out because of Tony Sperano's funeral, and uh, they get they start getting serious this weekend. We gotta we gotta get out there with our prediction, our forecast, our suggestion, whatever you want to call it, of who might be the hot prospect, the hot discovery of training camp. That's right. And I'm going to kick it off. Okay. I got Holton Hill, the uh, cornerback who was an unsigned uh, in the draft. He was supposed to be drafted third or fourth round, but uh, he had, apparently he has a real fondness for marijuana. Mm. Uh, Several got popped with marijuana several times to the points that people even commented about it going into the draft. So he hits the free agent market. Out of, he's out of Texas. Listen, in high school, he ran 13.92 for the 110-meter high hurdles. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. He, he long jumped 23 and a half feet. Uh, he is an athlete. He's big. He's six foot two, over 200 pounds, uh, run like the wind. And uh, they, the Vikings gave him 75000 guaranteed money up to sign which is quite a bit, I guess, for an undrafted free agent. I believe but, uh, it was the most in franchise history, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, probably was. Anyway, uh, you know, there's no sense in making a huge reach for the Egan's Everyman if he guy's sitting sitting there right in front of you, right? Oh, right. Yes. you got to take the guy sitting there right in front of you. My, my forecast is... Uh, every Egan's every man will turn out to be Holton Hill, the uh, cornerback, the rookie from Texas. That's a bold move. That's mm-hmm. a bold, bold. Uh, it's not that bold, okay. but, uh, <laughs> but it's my move. And I, I, I'd rather be accurate than bold here. What do you got Reavers? Uh, I, and we, have we ruled, I forget. Did we rule the kicker mm-hmm. is off the table? No, hell no. He's a rookie. Ooh. He's a fifth-round draft choice. Uh, our rule is fourth-round draft choice or later. That's always been the rule with every Egan's every man. Right. It's always been the rule. I was kind of thinking fourth about... Fourth-round or later, because if you're a third-rounder, you're supposed to make it. Right. Right? You're supposed to make it. Sure. Fourth-rounder, you're in that big medal. In I was, fact, I got a suggestion. Here we go. Stefan Diggs was a fifth-rounder, right? Fifth yeah. round and later. Fifth round and later is this. We've changed the rules. Egan's every every man. You got to be fifth round or later. Okay, that's fair. Yes, that's absolutely fair. So I was leading one of two ways. I was thinking about tight end Taylor Conklin, but I thought, you know what? No, 
The kicker never gets any love in all the years we've done Egan's every man. So you're yes. thinking of Daniel Carlson. I'm man. thinking I'm Daniel Carlson because here's what's going to happen. What boys. round was he drafted? I think he was a late fifth round pick. In okay. fact, they moved we had back two into the fifth then. round. Yes, we had two: Tyler Conklin and Daniel Carlson. And that's the kind of the area where Egan's every man really shines yes. every year. And yes, I was thinking because round. here's what's going to happen, boys. He's going to get a. He's going to get every chance to win the job. But B. He's going to be in those late game, the late part of those games where you got the 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 scrubs on the field, and he's going to boom mm-hmm. some kicks indoors from fifty plus yards, and all the fans are going to go nuts. Yes, they'll so love him. I am picking the kicker for this year's edition of Egan's Everyman, and uh, we we will do various updates during the uh, month of August, of course, on this as we traditionally do. Uh, Manny, uh, what uh, who is your prediction right now as we kick off full practices? To be Egan's everyman for 2018. Now, I have a couple of ideas okay. in mind, but before I guess, before I decide which one of these two guys, they both play the same position, mm-hmm. uh, are we only including rookies in this? Can we no, include no, somebody no, who's no, been no, no, veterans, veterans who are new. It's not a guy who's a long shot to make the team, but it's a guy who's kind of the uh, odds are against off him. the radar, yes. off the radar to make an impact, guys. Okay, but, well, but, I, I'm looking at the wide receiver position, okay. and I'm I'm looking at because you know the the future of Laquan Treadwell has just been up in the air. He was a first round pick, and Stephon Diggs might be leaving. Right? Yeah. You know, they've got nothing out of Treadwell in the last couple of years, even though he was a high draft pick. So he's going to be sort of this fringe guy, I think, that's going to get uh, possibly some time. So I'm looking at Stacy Coley. Holy Stacey cow. Stacey Coley. Yeah, All right. Injured last pick. year. Yeah. Uh, suspended. Not suspended. Injured. But What's several problems. problems. Uh, Miami. Oh, Miami. he's a hurricane. Yeah. Holy Stacey cow. Coley. Yeah. So you're taking him over Zilstra, yeah, Wynicky, all I, these I guys. Think, I think Coley's got a little bit of an inside track because he's been with the he's been with and the club for a couple of years fast. now, and he's, he is blazing fast. You know what the key is? Does he return kicks? I think he's got the ability Ooh, to do it. He's got that'll help. He's got his return help. kicks now. So we, uh, but yeah, but he's not going to return everyone. He's not going to return every kick. All right, there they are. Ricey, Holton Hill. Yep. Manny, Stacy Coley. Reavers, Daniel Carlson, those are our picks to be Egan's Everyman! He's back. Uh, we haven't used him this year, but uh, last year he was one of our musical guests. The great Sturgill Simpson is today's musical guest uh, for the Friday Fun Fest. And uh, here is a part of this weekend as far as a Fun Fest is concerned. Jack Morris is in Cooperstown uh, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame on Sunday. The long wait is over. One of his pals out there is Eric Curry. Eric, I uh, worked for the Twins for a number of years and got to know Jack. And now you're out there, and the Tigers are having a little reception tonight, sir. Uh, good afternoon, Patrick. Yeah, they are. They're, uh, it starts in, uh, here in a couple of hours and um, should be a lot of fun. The, the, the uh, town is full already. And uh, you got two uh, of the Tigers from that great era of the 80s, uh, Alan Trammell and Morris going in. That doesn't happen too often. You get two guys from the same team going in. They had it with uh, Bagwell and Biggio, didn't they, a couple of years ago? But, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, also, uh, I think, uh, didn't uh, Maddox and Glavin go in the same, same year? Or, I, Matt, or uh, I, Smoltz and Glavin, maybe? 
I, I think it, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. One of Anyway, uh, what's the word on uh, how many of those uh, teammates are going to be in town? What's well, uh, I, I think a, a good number of them. Uh, we uh, we ran into Corey Koski at the airport last night, and his son has a, an event out here. And while they didn't play together, I think they became friends uh, while Jack was uh, with the Twins and then around. So, but uh, I think he's um, he's dug up a few of them. I uh, I ran into him a little while ago, and uh, they were. Uh, he and uh, and uh, Mr. Gladden were at the uh, at the bar getting loosened up so, uh, <laughs> for the uh, for that uh, that thing. Now, uh, Eric, of course, you're working with the Twins, and Jack uh, is uh, is also working for the Twins. Uh, you didn't work for him, of course, when he was here pitching. That first meeting with Jack is always the hurdle to get over. Uh, he's he's always a little. What's this guy up to? So, how'd that first meeting go between you and Jack? Um, he, I, I went, I think I went up to him and, uh, um, I said, uh, uh, uh Jack, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Eric Curry. I'm the vice president of corporate partnerships with the twins. And he goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I figured while I was hot and I said, uh, and I was a big Braves fan in 91. Uh, and he goes, say, hey, he goes too bad for you. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what, after that, um, I think, um, uh, I'm gonna tell you, you 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 know him, and uh, after you get past the uh, the crusty exterior, uh, it it you don't have to go very deep before you find the real guy, and um, he's a he's a tremendous tremendous person, and uh, I'm I'm proud to be a friend of his. Um, he's he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, but that when you ask that first question, his his first reaction's got to be he's thinking, what's this guy want for free? What, <laughs> right. What, what, what do you, what do you want? Uh, with, you know, with with a guy like Gladden, it was it was about the negotiation. Yes. And with a guy like Jack, it's about no. <laughs> Get over that no. But uh, I, I know you. Uh, I you know we all got a chance to talk to him briefly, but you you might have got to see some of the raw emotion uh, when you saw him within a couple of days of getting uh, voted into the Hall of Fame. How how excited was he? Oh, he was he was so excited. Um, I was uh, on the way back from uh, the West Coast from working a game, and and um, I knew he had gotten. I was check. I was working a game, and I was check. I had a guy on the sidelines that was that was that was updating. And as soon as he found out, um, I ran by and he yelled, "He's in!" Guy yeah. from UCLA yelled, "He's in!" And uh, so then I talked to him uh, when I was laying over in Chicago on the way home. And uh, you know what? It was just uh, it was a great conversation, and we. Um, we laughed a little bit and we cried a little bit and, and, um, he's, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a very raw and very real emotion because I'm, I, to be honest with you, I think he had almost talked himself into the fact he didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and I don't know if you got the same impression, but I think that was what he, what he felt. And, uh, so, and I had told him, you know, we had kind of, I'd gone over the guys that were on the, that were actually voting and and uh checking off and he thought i was high on my number and and um and he turned out that uh he got it and he got a lot of those votes and uh he was very very excited and uh you know you 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 uh wondered uh what what made me wonder now the veterans committee is probably a different animal but the raw Okay, the ERA isn't uh, at the bottom of the threes. It's a little more in the middle, and a lot of people uh, want uh, gaudier statistics. 
than Jack had. To me, it was being the best pitcher in a league in a decade was what, what I always said. I voted for Jack because he was the pitcher of the 80s in the American League. Uh, but I, as, as statistics become more and more popular and new age statistics, I, I thought it might be getting tougher for him. But I think you got the Veterans Committee who recognize baseball players. Those guys, I think you're right, Patrick. I, those guys were all guys. I mean, you know, here's Bobby Cox, who was on that voting yeah. committee, and um, and Jack wore him out when he was the manager of the of Toronto, uh, and then he uh, and then he, you know, did what he did to him in the '91 World Series, and uh, and and if nothing else, they voted for him out of respect for what he did. Yeah, there's uh, there's no. Uh... Oh yeah, there's no a great. I, I ended up. I talked to him last week. I wanted to talk to him about the '84 Tigers because uh, that's why uh, the the '80s in the American League, especially the early '80s, were unbelievable. The only the only mediocre team in the in the division was Cleveland. They they had from '81 to '86, they had six different winners. Uh, the one the division right. and that Tigers team won 104 games and was 35 and five and that was a that was a fantastic team. He was when they were 35 and five. He was nine and one with a 179 ERA <laughs> un, or 197 ERA when they were rolling. Man, un- unbelievable. I mean, he just uh, he was. Uh, I mean, he was a guy that just he wanted the ball and um, I, I think he's the most. Um, and I didn't again. I didn't know him well then. But uh, even when you know we're playing golf, or he is he the competitive <laughs> Jack Morris comes comes out and well woof, in all my years of good luck to you in all my years of sports writing still my favorite quote unfortunately it was about twelve forty five in the morning on uh, before game seven and. Uh, they brought him and Smoltz in to do late, late press conferences, and we were all hacking away well past deadline. And Jack, what do you think of the opportunity to pitch Game Seven? He said, "In the, in the immortal words of the late great Marvin Gaye, let's get it on." That was, a, and I said, "Oh, we got to rewrite." <laughs> it was, yeah, it's, uh, and he meant it. He meant it. It's. Uh, I always told him that. Uh, yeah, you you really accept victory well. You don't take losses too well, but you can really accept victory, Jack. <laughs> he's one of the best winners. I've ever <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I I love that uh, curmudgeonly approach. I mean, it's uh, it's it's interesting and uh, uh, just a just an absolute horse. And of course, the Ted Eddings in nineteen ninety one proved that for the world. I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting to see though the Jack that uh, makes the speech on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, nice. um, I have the over under on thirty seconds, as you know, um, <laughs> for the crying. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm taking the under. And uh, <laughs> but you know, the fact of the matter is, I mean, you know, uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna have a great speech, and uh, because it's gonna it's gonna come straight from his heart, and uh, and that's the most important thing. Is his third child named Morris? No, Miles. Miles, okay. That was Miles. messed up today, then, in the Star Tribune. Lavelle had his third name of his third son being Morris, and I thought, not even Jack had named his kid Morris Morris. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be like a, he took a page out of George Foreman's book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's a great place. How often you been up in Cooperstown, Eric? 
I've only been here once, and uh, and that was when uh, Puck went in uh, mm-hmm. in my first year with the Twins. And um, I have to, you know, probably the thing other than Jack mm-hmm. is is to go back and and um, tomorrow night and and to go and spend a little time at uh, at Harmon's plaque and 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 that'll be great. Yep. Well, of course, your uh, your son, your first child, is uh, is the middle name is Harmon there in honor of uh, Harmon Killebrew. So, uh, yeah, and you go see Puck's plaque too. That can be a little emotional for a guy who uh, knew uh, knew those both those guys extremely well. Yeah, for yeah for both those guys. I mean, gosh, I mean, both of them are gone, and and we lost them way too soon. And uh, both of them were wonderful people in their own in their own right. And, um, and yeah, so it'll be great to, uh, great to see their plaques and see some of the other guys, um, uh, uh, that are, that are in the hall that, uh, that we know from, from, uh, through the years and, and obviously, um, uh, don't have much, uh, greater respect for anybody than Jim Tomey, uh, and, uh, oh, and yeah. what he did in, in throughout baseball. I mean, Harmon loved him and, um, uh, so Excited to see him. I'm thrilled, thrilled that he's going in as well. Just to remind Jack, he could find a better role model for this weekend than Gladden, okay? I'm, I'm going to try to make a separation there quickly. <laughs> I, uh, I sent him, I pulled over off the side of the road to be safe and uh, sent him a text and said, pace yourself, boys. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, have a good weekend, sir. Patrick, thanks so much. See you soon. All right, Eric Curry uh, worked for the Twins for years. Uh, now works for Cambria, and uh, was at Sun Country for a while. And of course, uh, seen often refereeing basketball games. He was going to referee the Clemson Memphis game that was going to part of a doubleheader at the new dome. Oh, really? But then. Dummy got fired, and that thing blew up. I I looked at Penny Hardaway's schedule. He's already going to LSU, and he's got Tennessee. I got a hunch his first year in, he didn't want to come up here and play somebody that was going to beat him. So is Eric still going to do a game? Do one of the? No, he's not going to do a game. He said he took some other. uh, He's he's got some other thing going. But anyway, uh, that's uh, Eric Curry's great guy and uh, a good friend of of Morris's. In fact, uh, through a little thing for Jack at J.D. Hoyts that I had a chance to go to a month ago or so. All right, we'll be back. Sergio Simpson, today's musical guest. He knows I'm a big fan of his, so uh, he was easy to negotiate with for the duties this week. So. Well, when you're a repeat Thanks. musical guest, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is really, you know, he put out that new album and uh, a lot of good sales. I think we helped. Uh, here is uh, Mr. Reavers with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. And we do have breaking news this hour. But first, this report is brought to you by Credit Karma. Get your truly free credit score and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma. Download the Credit Karma app today. Credit Karma, get knowing. The Twins have traded infielder Eduardo Escobar to the Arizona Diamondbacks for three minor league ball players. Uh, Jeff Passan from Yahoo reports the right-handed uh, pitcher is Johan Duran and outfielders Ernie De La Trinidad and Gabriel Maciel. 
are all going to Minnesota. Sound like we got any Irishman in that trade. Duran is a 20-year-old <laughs> single-A starting pitcher with 71 strikeouts and 64 innings pitched. He did have a 4.73 ERA. Dila Trinidad is a 22-year-old outfielder from single-A. He was hitting 311 with eight home runs and 56 ribbies. And Maciel is a 19-year-old outfielder, also from single All A, outfielders? hitting 287 with 16 stolen bases. Two outfielders and one starting okay. pitcher. All right. So they RBIs. Well, I said ribbies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always say ribbies, but okay. it is RBIs. You are right. If you say RBI, you're an idiot. Not like ribbies. Mm-hmm. Um, by the yeah. So the the have we made it official yet? By the way, it's yeah. It, it is basically official because uh, Lavelle E. Neal of the Star Tribune reports that Miguel Sano has been recalled to take. Escobar's place on the roster. It looks like he will not be available for tonight's game, but should be in the lineup. That's all right. We got E higher. <laughs> we are going to have to replace. Joe might have to DH tonight now. You know what? I've really broken my vow the last two days, though. Watching yesterday, I watched quite a bit of the game, and uh, and the day before, I watched the end of it. Joe wouldn't take my bet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've known Patrick for decades, Reavers. I'm not taking that bet that you're, I'm done with him. <laughs> <I'm, well, laughs> get done. Uh, It'd be interesting to see Skinny Sano back now. Yeah. See how see how he's looking. This is too bad. Escobar is one of the best guys I've met. In that well, it doesn't mean they can't re-sign no, him in the offseason. I, I don't know if they'll want to or not. So that you know, the middle infield is one place they have some prospects. So. Uh, Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic is also reporting that the Twins are getting significant mm-hmm. interest in pitcher Kyle Gibson after his performance last night against the Red Sox. Gibson currently ranks 12th in the American League with a 3.42 ERA and a year left of team control. I'm uh, thinking, though, uh, more and more. I was saying this a month ago, trade him, but I don't know if I want to. Yeah, he was told the team would need to be blown away with an offer to move him. Uh, He is also reporting that every contender has expressed interest in relief pitcher Ryan Presley. Yeah, I gave you that one. His low salary, uh, $1.6 million, combined with the second highest spin rate in the majors, has made him a very attractive piece. <laughs> I thought Rookie had the second highest spin rate in the majors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Twins and Red Sox again tonight. Uh, Lance Lynn will start opposite Red Sox left-hander Chris Sale. How's the market for Lance? Are they getting a lot of offers? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think anybody's lining up for that I don't one. think so. Uh, first pitch tonight from Fenway Park Come is on, Come and get him. He can and bore the hell out of the opponents. Nor- I'm especially disappointed in Lance Lane because I was all in favor of. Oh, I, oh I, was I was too. I was too. Uh, New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton, defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, tight ends coach Dan Campbell, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, and uh, assistant general manager Jeff Ireland are all were absent Friday from training camp practice in order to attend the funeral of Vikings offensive line coach and former Dolphins head coach Tony Sperano. Ireland was the general manager there when yep. uh, Sperano was the coach. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that hired him. Uh, mm-hmm. The pair worked together for f- almost five years. Sperano was a close friend of Peyton who worked with him in Dallas. He said, quote, we were hired on the same day and in the and in his office was right next to mine. Probably one of the closest two or three friends I had in the game, Peyton said yesterday. He was a tremendous coach, a great person. He was great with his players. It's sad, and it's something that still seems a bit surreal. Sperano died unexpectedly of heart disease. He was 56 years old. All right, sir. Thank you. You bet. To the right field corner and deep. And the Twins have broken it open here in the eighth. 
You know, last year they gave up by uh, trading uh, Jaime Garcia, who'd been here a week, and Brandon Kinsler, who'd been good as a, as a closer. But they didn't give up as dramatically last week as they gave up dramatically today by giving up Eduardo Escobar yeah. for three Class A players, especially when you consider that Escobar uh, probably, they probably could have gotten him for three years, 30 million, something like that. And they might make an offer after him, at him. But he should enjoy uh, Arizona. Ball really gets out of that ballpark. Yeah. Uh, he can go down there and swing hard. They need infielders. I was looking up, they. They, uh, they're not getting any production out of the middle of their infield. So, uh, I was looking it up yesterday when the rumors got hot that that may be where he was going. So they're going to play him at second? It uh, could be second. Well, the yeah. other thing is, too, is the Lamb. I don't know if you mentioned this. Lamb, their third baseman, is hurt right he's now. He's hurt oh, now, too. Yeah, okay. so that's why. Well, that's the other thing. They can play him at third or second. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he, I think second's his worst position. But. He's By the way, have you looked at that acceptable. division? I know the Dodgers are in first place. They're only a game better than what the Indians are right now. I didn't realize that. And the, yeah. the, no, and uh, the Colorado's only two out. That's right. a, that's a like a that's a three teamer right there. And they're all decent clubs, but Arizona's uh, you know, I, I think Arizona is kind of an imposter, but he'll help them. Yeah. And uh it it is funny how uh it just seemed like you know, everybody's saying Dozier, 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 but this guy, this guy is deemed to be at least as valuable as Dozier by the teams trying to get a player because he a, can play multiple switch positions. hitter, and he can play more than one position, and he's like making half the money that Dozier yeah. is, yeah, which matters right now. You know, a lot of a lot of Although teams trying to not as much Dozier's payroll. Not made. Well, what's Dozier making? Dozier's nine, making nine. just over nine, and Escobar was making four point two. Well, I tell you what, he's a genuine guy. I first. Uh, he came here, and you didn't think much of it. Okay, Liriano, you get the little left-handed pitcher. I've I've seen it, I've seen it suggested that uh, the deal was really Pedro Hernandez was really the guy they wanted in that trade. That's BS. They they were just taking a flyer on two guys. They didn't. They never thought they were getting a phenom and Pedro Hernandez. No. I mean, let me tell you. Uh, but they like this guy and. Uh, I was uh, talking to some uh, Twins people, and they, uh, well, Terry Ryan told me this, that it was basically my pal Billy Milos, who was the coach, who was the scout in Chicago, still is for this organization, that told them that this guy, had, make, get this guy in the trade because he can be an everyday player eventually. Wow. And uh, hmm. it turned out to be that, that turned out to be the case. He, uh, it is it's quite an adjustment. Now, this is uh, two years in a row. Until Snow got hurt, he never played every day. He played, He'd had long stretches where he played. Mm-hmm. But until Snow got hurt, he was not an everyday player. And to sustain yourself... It it's got a it's got a it's a whole new challenge, you know, to be playing 145 or 50 games instead of 110, you know. And you know what's going to happen too? I bet Pat, you had predicted this earlier in the week, and it might have you know the the, the letdown of losing a guy like that who was the glue of the clubhouse, yes. and then going out there to face Chris Sale. <laughs> we might get a little bit of a go get him, boys. a lackluster effort tonight from it's the funny. fellas. I think the first time I did a piece on him was 15 about what a character he was in the clubhouse in this relationship he had with Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And he and Suzuki are best of buddies. And Dozier's always been a pal of his, too. But, um, but I mean, he's a pal with everybody. And he's an agitator. But some uh, somebody was telling me about, you know, Suzuki just torments him. Which, and Suzuki doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but he is. And he... Uh, 
he uh, Suzuki immediately walks in the clubhouse while I'm interviewing him and just slaps him in the back of the head, you know, <laughs> walks, hey, man, hey, you know, and, and Escobar looks, acts like he's fatally injured, you know. <laughs> he was great at baseball humor. You know, it's a different yeah. animal. It's a it's a goofy kind of humor. Being able to stay loose at all yeah, times. Yeah, just agitate. You know, and when he was sitting on the bench there, the, come on, come on, come on. You know, he was <laughs> he was uh, he had the whole deal going, and really good guy, good family guy. Three kids, I think. I think he has one with his wife, but I think two of those are hers, or maybe all three. He's a, he married her, and uh, she had kids. And she had kids, but she he's got these three boys and. He's really uh, tight with them. And I told you guys, I asked, uh, you know, what are their names? He says, second, short, and third. He says, says, yeah, three boys, second, short, and third. Yeah, he's just a really good guy. And uh, I hope hope they bring him back in the offseason. That'd be great if they did. But my my favorite is the He's going to want to go someplace and play every day now, though. Yeah. Well, why can't it be here? That's true. You know? But, but my, it, well, if the, yeah, it depends on kind of a no moves the first or not. My favorite, though, is I think it was that piece you were alluding to when we when you learned um, and then related it to us that he learned to speak English by watching Top Gun. Yeah, that was God. Uh, I love that. That was one of the that was when you're sitting there writing a column and you don't know what the hell you're going to lead with. And I think Dustin told me, you know, his favorite music is Top Gun. And, and every breath she takes. And I said. Take my breath kidding? away. Take my breath away, whatever the hell it was. And, yeah, and then he said he used to pull into Fort Myers when he was down there, and he'd, they'd be blasting this Top Gun uh, stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's, he loves that movie. He loves that movie. loves the music. What a... What a uh, what a character and a great charity guy too in Venezuela. He's got a yeah. foundation. He feeds a lot of kids down there and stuff. So uh, good for him, Eddie Escobar. Hopefully, he can end up in the playoffs for more than one game. <laughs> we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history, Patrick. Yeah, I'm a little how we'll get through the rest of these uh, days and whatever, but Reggie was a Celtic. He was a captain. You know, we will you know, truly miss him, and uh, Donna and Reggie Jr., and the yet unborn child is Celtics, and will be Celtics forever as well. On this day in uh, 1993, uh, Reggie Lewis was uh, shooting hoops at Brandeis University. Uh, a little pickup game on July 27th and uh, 19, uh, what'd they say, 1993, yeah. Yep. And uh, collapsed and died. He'd had uh, some uh, cardiac problems. He'd collapsed during a playoff game that year, the first playoff game. And uh, but they, uh, he'd been given the clearance and uh, was uh, shooting hoops. This came, uh, he got drafted in uh, first round 1987. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason uh, being they wanted a, a guy like him because Lenny Bias had died of, uh, of uh, from a cocaine overdose in 1986, the number four overall pick. Uh, pretty good high school team Reggie played on. Did you ever look at that one, uh, Manny? Mm-mm. Dunbar in Baltimore. Okay. They were 29 and 0 one year and 31 and 0 the next. Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues, David Wingate, and Reggie Williams. That's pretty good. That was uh, that. Uh, that could have been the greatest high school basketball team ever. That's assembled pretty with good. Those two, uh, with wow. those four guys, yeah. He uh, he played at Northeastern of all places. He ended up being recruited there, 
and uh, just a, a non-basketball school. They went to the NCAA tournament all four years that he played for them. Uh, really good player. He was in a, He didn't play much his first year. The second year, Larry Bird got hurt, and he uh, he averaged eighteen and a half points a game and uh, made the All Star team in '92 and was a uh, really good uh, really good player and uh, did just die of a heart attack. At uh, there was some uh, some uh, cocaine stories about him, but I don't think they were ever confirmed. Right. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah, but he was he was good. I, I I remember watching him as a kid. The Celtics were kind of when he got good. The Celtics were kind of on their yes, downfall because yeah, well, Bird and McHale were done and Parrish were they was were getting, done. They were getting old when they got him. You know. Yeah. You got to remember when Larry Bird played on the Dream Team. It was it was basically nobody even knew if he was going to be able to play or not, and he didn't have, ended up playing when they were in yeah. Barcelona. But uh, he was having his back problems. This is not a good item for the Friday Fun Fest, but uh, Reggie Lewis uh, and Nixon got impeached this day, too, but uh, that's, you know, what the hell. Play some homage to, uh, yes. to Reggie Lewis instead. Yes, yeah, I like the idea. All right, we uh, shall uh, return. Uh, Kevin Seifert's going to be with us about 5.15. Kevin uh, was up to see Johnny Manziel sit on the bench for Montreal yesterday. So he didn't get Johnny didn't get uh, in Johnny at all. Johnny did not last get night? in last night. The crowd was not happy. I they they not. drew a full house and uh, they did not like the fact that Johnny did not get in. We'll be back.